Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast, a fun show. We're going to dig into uh, some more SEMA show news, what's going on there, an update on Goldberg's Garage, well, the delay in my Ford Lightning, and uh, and so much more. But before we get started, check it out. Here's a word from our friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com. Why spend 30 to 50%, even 100% more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to RockAuto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the Motorator Deandra, here with Bill Goldberg. Good morning. Yeah, yes it is. It's uh, <laughs> morning out here in Texas. Uh, it's kind of morning. Even more morning there in California. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, man, just, uh, you know, some good stuff happening in, uh, in the car world. Uh, if you guys didn't get a chance last week to hear the interview with Chris Kirsten around uh, the SEMA show, especially for you industry people, he kind of tells us what the plan is on SEMA. And, uh, well, bullet point us, man. Just give well, us a short synopsis of what he, you know, yeah. tag the points. Please. So I, 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 can't, I can't imagine a, a person in a more difficult position than what he is in right now. Uh, you know, a lot of talk Newsom. about – uh, yeah right. Well, Newsom got it. Kind of got the pressure off his shoulders. Well, Although yeah. I don't, I don't think that's going to make uh, his life much easier over the next year. But no. uh, you know, like Chris, Chris wanted to come in, wanted to talk about the SEMA show, kind of wanted to put it out there to, especially the the industry, right? What what's going to happen? And the short answer is, there's just no. 100% defined way of knowing. Uh, Vegas is saying mask mandate, uh, so we're going to do that. But right now they are still doing some events that don't require uh, proof of vaccination or daily testing or whatever. So he's saying, I'm not going to, you know, SEMA's not going to require those things until they're forced to require those things. He's saying, kind of like what we discussed before, use your best judgment. I'll leave it up to the companies that you represent. You know, if you're there working a booth with a company, that company can say, we do want vaccines, we, you know, or or whatever, right? So, But it's not a blanketed mandate, so. No, he's, he's, he's trying not to force the hand of anyone um, but that being said, he's still trying to figure out how to pull off a really good SEMA show when 
there are concerns. There are health concerns. There's also many companies that are not attending this year. Uh, and actually, as we get closer and closer, I think I, as we get closer, I hear about more companies that are dropping out. And I think there's a there's a business aspect of it, right? The business aspect is there's a certain amount of time they have to. There's a certain amount of heads up they have to give to the SEMA organization. Uh, on going or backing out before you sort of lose your deposit, right? So the deadline is saying, hey, you have to commit at some point because there's a lot of planning and laying down carpet and what are they going to do with the uh, empty spaces and, and all kinds of stuff. And I think that deadline just happened. And that's why this past week or so, I heard about several other companies committing to going or dropping out. I, I I'm going to say that uh, I'm still going. I know you're going. We've already got obligations, uh, things that we know we have to do there. I'm still looking forward to going. Uh, lots of new parts, lots of people we want to catch up with. But it's going to be a different SEMA show. It definitely is going to be – I mean, first of all, everybody with wearing masks is going to be a little uh, different. And – Yes, we talked about what is the lay of the land. Like, what's it going to look like? Is there going to be empty booth space? And will those just be like meeting tables or something or a place to take a break? And and that's some of the things they are working on. They they are working with a lot of the companies, all of the companies that are attending and saying, well, you know, we don't want you to have to change your booth, your size, your layout because you've invested money into – uh, the structure of it, but we are going to move your location a little bit because maybe two surrounding uh, exhibitors are not going to be there. So we're going to move you more into the middle, and the aisles are going to be a little bigger, and uh, it's going to it's going to be a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. Uh, also, it's going to be a chess match at the end of the day, I believe. Yeah. So what they're trying to do is is like, hey, if you're if you're Borla exhaust and you're going there and we know you're going there, for those of us that have gone a million years, the, the idea is Borla's gonna be in the general area of where you remember them to be, where you know, and you know, the booth might not have somebody butted up right against them and might have a little bit more space in between, but they're trying to do that. They're trying to work it out. But listen, I'll, I'll tell you, without going through the list, uh there are some some many companies that aren't attending, um, and, you know, and then we got into the interview. Uh, you can go back and listen to the details. Uh, you know, like there's no international travel. How does that affect international buyers? Uh, you, you know, how do you do business with them? You know, and I even kind of pitched the idea to him at one point. I said, "Look, uh, the virtual SEMA show that we had last year sucked, um, and then we did the." MPMC event. This is where media meets with manufacturers, kind of plans out their projects for the year and content around them. So if we were doing a, a let's say if Hot Rod Magazine was doing a project car or two or three over the course of the year, they'd pitch all the ideas at this event in January. And then they would say, you know, Hollywood go, oh, I've got a new fuel injection system that might be good for that project. Let's talk about how we can turn it into content, right? So it's just media meeting with manufacturers. Typically, that is an event held in a hotel 
And I've spoken about it before. It's kind of a speed dating thing. Like every 30 minutes, you jump into another meeting. Well, this past year, they did a virtual version of it. And I'll tell you, the software that they used was fantastic. It was exactly like the hotel environment. You see all the meeting rooms. You pop in virtually. You can see who's there. And uh, and you can on the fly kind of pop your head into somebody's room and go, hey, uh, I see you got a break at, at noon. Can I pop in for 10 minutes and run an idea by you? And somebody literally just video on the screen and be like, sure, pop in. So that worked well. So I, I even kind of threw out there. I said, well, do we need a live SEMA show or can we do some sort of hybrid version of an in-person SEMA show and a virtual SEMA show for those meetings that are important, right? And Uh, for international buyers. And for the international buyers. So this year is going to be a little bit tough because they it's so close they can't implement that. But next year, it could be interesting to say, yes, we want a big in-person SEMA show. But we will also host the virtual software for meetings. Maybe a lot of those meetings take place at the SEMA show. Maybe exhibitors are still even at the SEMA show, but a lot of the meetings are done virtually. Like they're they're just getting a, you know, their video chat basically uh, to the event. And you can show them around the booth and see what's going on because that's kind of one of the things that lacked was – seeing parts. For the MPMC event, we don't necessarily need to see a lot of parts uh, because a lot of those have I, were like a lot of those debuted at the SEMA show a few months earlier. Uh, so being able to look the SEMA show uh, last year that was virtual, some of the companies were talking about just building their SEMA show booth in their parking lot or in one of their warehouses and just doing a virtual walk around of the whole thing and just taking it down, right? I mean, it's a task. Obviously, there's work involved, but nowhere near as expensive as as moving it all to Vegas, you know, if it's in... No, and then you still, have a, a, you still have a presence, you know? Yeah, yeah, you do. And the, the part you lose from that is there's a, there's a glam, you know, sort of media aspect of it. There's the, the glam of of some of the big car debuts, which we argued about, you know, in the past about doing some of those debuts at other events. You talked about the lawman Mustang going to big muscle car event. We've seen, you know, Porsche 935, uh, you know, the modern day car being debuted at Ren Sport. We see cars <laughs> debut at Pebble Beach. Uh, you know, so there are other events to, to debut, you know, crazy builds. Uh, Anyway, it's an interesting conversation, but the reason why I bring this up is there's a whole second part of it we didn't get into. It's this EPA issue. It's this emissions issue. So although Adam and I talked to uh, uh, Chris Kirstein about the SEMA show, I've invited Chris back to sit down with you and I to go through the emissions issue. And the RPM Act that we've been pushing and talking about so much, it is important, but that really just affects the race cars. It's taking a street car, modifying it, and turning it into a dedicated racing car that's not going to be on the street anymore. And in the in the in the past week since we spoke to Chris Kirsten, that's gotten some traction, a lot of movement uh, 
in the government. So um, cross your fingers, good things, looking ahead for that. But that's not the big issue. The big issue is the EPA is for some reason just recently decided to enforce the Clean Air Act. And the Clean Air Act basically has been around for a long time. I can't don't quote me on the year 70 something I think. And that basically says you can't modify your car in any way that's going to change the emissions uh, of your vehicle. Anything from any exhaust kit, cold air intake kit, you know, anything like that needs to be 50 state emissions legal or whatever, 49 state to be uh, obviously the California rule, but let's just say 50 state for the state of for the state of argument. Uh, and again, we'll get into some of the details, so don't quote me the, uh, on all of this stuff. But that's the bigger issue is – look, we – I hate to say it because I don't want to put the industry in a bad position, but the aftermarket companies have been a little bit spoiled. And we as customers have been spoiled because this Clean Air Act hasn't been enforced in a long time. And – so put it mildly. So everybody started to push the limits, right? We started to push the limits more and more and say, yeah, we could do this, we could do that, you know, uh, you know, and a lot of companies are saying, well, we don't have the the EO number or the carb number for this supercharger kit, but the car's still going to blow clean, you're going to be fine, right? I get it. There's a business aspect. A lot of it is a money grab, right? You know, like especially in California, you know, they want that emissions money. They want that stamping, that additional fee for the carb stamping on your products and, and whatever. But we've been a little spoiled. We push the limits. The government's now cracking down on it. And I kind of want to find out, look, did the government just hammer down and say, we need money, we're going after it? Or did we piss them off a little bit? Did they – offer some sort of compromise and and did we push back on that compromise uh and i have a, and, and i have a feeling that that is the case that's the case is they said oh well why don't we try this and we said no that's not good enough and then they said okay we're going after the <laughs> money right so i kind of yes. want to get the story on that and then what can be done now we the the issue is the shops and all of the companies and all of the parts that are already out there, right? That's what the EPA is going after. They're going after things that have already happened, right? Which they're saying you're in violation of this Clean Air Act. This isn't a new Clean Air Act. You've been in violation the whole time. So we have the right to enforce it retroactively. That's the expensive issue for all of the companies in our space. Going forward, that's less of an issue. I'm I'm a fan of doing it the right way going forward, right? You and I have talked several times about the Goldberg's Garage Performance Packages, about how you have to do the emissions testing to make it work. Could you make a little bit more power? Whatever. It's yeah. expensive? Yes. But those are the rules. It should be done. And it Here. should be done. And yeah. I think it's more impressive. More of a feather in your cap to say, yes, we have a thousand horsepower Hellcat that's emissions legal. Exactly. Right? I think that's badass to be able to do that. Now, this is where that conversation with Mike Spagnola came up. Mike is the head of SEMA Garage, 
at, at, at SEMA. They have their facility here in California. They have the new facility that they're opening up, massive, in Detroit. And the truth is, is SEMA, SEMA Garage, has had such a good relationship with the EPA that they've been able to reduce the cost of this emissions testing and get things done and approved faster than even some OEM manufacturers testing new cars, right? Like they could almost get your supercharger kit approved and and emissions legal before a new F-150 can be by Ford, <laughs> you know? Uh, There's and, a reason for that. And they're, they're, they're getting it done quickly because of that relationship with EPA, right? Mm-hmm. And the thought of saying, hey, this is $50,000 in 12 months of time is never going to fly for any aftermarket company. But if you said, mm-hmm. hey, we can get this down to, you know, 10000 in three months, now it's interesting. You know, now it it's for a lot of the companies it's doable, you know. Uh So anyway, we we want to have that conversation. We're going to bring Chris back in at some point to uh to chat a little bit about that. But that's kind of the bigger issue is is all of everything from a cold air intake and beyond that you can imagine, you know. I we're not talking about HID headlights here, or or a wrap, obviously, right? We're we're we're, 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 really we're talking, talking about, about the fun stuff. Yeah, we're talking about the performance aspects yeah. of it. So, uh, anyway, that's kind of what was uh, what's going on with with SEMA show. I'm still excited about going. Uh, I just know you and I are kind of pulling our hair out. Well, mostly I'm pulling my hair out. <laughs> yeah, <I'm, laughs> you're, I'm, already, I'm way past that. It already happened. But just we just got aggressive schedules going on outside of, you know, out, you know, outside of the SEMA show. Oh, yeah. The 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 work, the rest oh. of the work just kind of needs to, to, to fit into all of that. You know, look at a big part of that is what you got going on with WWE and what we've got going on with Bravago. We're launching a drink. We're trying to get it out there, get the website built, offer it for sale. Well, well that and I've got I've got Friday night lights. I've got to leave SEMA right after my last signing Friday morning and make it back to Gage's game that night. That's right. Yes. And, but you've got events and I, you know, there's work. There's, there's TV. Oh, yeah. Films. I'm, just talk, I'm just talking about immediately after Steamer. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I hear you on that. So there's a lot going on. Uh, let me guys, let me tell you guys about Trico uh, real quick. Over a century ago, Trico was the first to make wiper blades. And they've been a step ahead of Mother Nature ever since. You know, Trico engineers. Uh, they basically, their engineers, they study your specific driving conditions to make sure you're ready for anything. And even if it rains actual cats and dogs, I'm not sure that's really going to happen. But oh, they've, okay. got, they've got, they've got a, they're, they're looking ahead just in case. Whatever the weather, Trico wipers maintain maximum windshield contact. So no matter what your driving habits are, you'll always find the right wiper blade for your vehicle. It's Trico. It's the future of wiper blades. They've been around since 1917. So to find a store near you or, and see the latest offers, visit TricoCatsAndDogs.com. That's T-R-I-C-O, CatsAndDogs.com. All right. So, uh, how's your garage coming along? Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I got the I got the pad laid, and they're starting to uh, excavate the trench for my uh, for my new well. So 
you know, it, it's coming into it's it's coming together, man. You know, three months out for the air conditioners, it's just one thing after another. I picked out the garage doors. I, I did the finish. Uh, is the glass going to be clear? Is it going to be opaque? Is, yeah, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. the details. But everything has to be done in order so that not so it so so it arrives in order so it can be installed in order, and then one thing screws up and it, it starts a domino effect. So needless to say, it's inching along like, like I, not a crab, but a snail. Has the issue been, the issue ha, has it been getting parts materials for this or the issue been erecting a garage of this magnitude on, for lack of a better term, virgin land, you need to bring in power. Oh, you need to bring in water. Yeah. You like, there's no infrastructure the- already. That's the biggest issue. That's is, been the bigger issue. Juggling the infrastructure and everything, whether it be the wash bay, the drains, the catch tanks, because everything that I add underground obviously has to be excavated out via the rock again. Yeah, right. So you got, you know, imagine a a trench, uh, a football, two football fields long that has to, you know, have the 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 water system run through it yeah. so you obviously have to dig i don't know four feet down two feet three feet it's all rock yeah it's all so, rock. i mean it's just one thing after another and then it's you know it, it's how far out are they four to six weeks and you know the chip issue along with every other inventory issue around america of the world right now you yeah. know it's just the domino effect the the inventory issue is is a big thing for sure like we keep Anyway, I was asking about it because I, I I feel like once that foundation is done and the actual material for the building starts to arrive, I think it's going to get very oh, exciting because it's going to feel no now that this really has taken so long. Even if that Absolutely. takes if that's three months and it ends up taking six months, it's going to feel like a fast six months. Except right at the end, you're like, hurry, hurry, hurry! But but the building hey, will I'm come cool. together quickly. You know. Uh, Four to six weeks for the delivery of three 18-wheelers to deliver the product, the building itself, right? So yeah. we're, I think we're halfway into that time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just one thing after Which is also it, weird because the timing of that is knowing what the schedule, the work schedule is for, for you is like there's a lot of you're not even going to be there as stuff yes. is happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, but whatever well, you'll figure it out it, you'll figure it out like you said it's 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 fun it's a little frustrating because you want to get it done but it's a big fun project that's going to be amazing when it's done uh so. well and it's and it's it, it's so many moving so many different parts right so you take a small property and your landscape is a small part of it your plumbing is a small part this this, this project in and of itself it's so large in scale each aspect of it it's a monumental freaking task. Yeah. That, it, it's not like, okay, well, I need to pick a toilet out and put it in this bathroom. It, 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 there's so much that goes around it. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. And I've never, uh, from, from the ground up, built something like this yeah. by any stretch of the imagination and had the ability to make every single decision and had to make every single decision, which in and yeah. of itself is such a long process. Well, and then you change it. And then you have the the, the 
the landscape that you have to deal with out here. It's just a combination of, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to ask you now. I'm going to wait till next summer. But next summer, I'm going to ask you, would you do it again? <laughs> because right now, it's yeah, a little you know, frustrating. I, but I, again, still to... again, man, I would do it again. But just the pandemic really screwed everything. It does screw it up. Not, yeah. not, only, not only was it the fact that, you know, a lot of people got sick that were integral parts of making this happen. It's the product issue. It's the the service issue because so many things were more important around the world than erecting a, somebody's garage. You know, I, the plumbers were two months out, so that pushes this right. Push, you know, so right. Texas has had a lot of weather issues as well, and you know, powers out and flooding happens. That's a that's a whole different animal just even to consider that. But we'll take into consideration that not only do I have eleven eleven bays that my cars are shoved in away from my house, yeah. but I've been I've been wrestling for the past <laughs> two years at my wonderful you know, retirement home with no place to work out. <laughs> yeah. That right. in and of itself is, is a, is a flabbergasting, but it's just, it is what it is. You know, the circumstances were such that we had to adapt and overcome. I'm working out in my little tiny 24 by 24 garage, as opposed to the big giant. Yeah. So it is a big one. Yeah. Look, the gym you had back here, that was a, that was a sweet place back in your, uh, in the Goldberg's garage, version one i i die to have that right now believe <laughs> i i remember going in there i was like that's a sweet ass gym above the garage yeah it's about a fifth of what the, the new one's gonna be but like i said i die to have that but yeah. hey man you know i'm ahead of the game it's all good it's all good you know it's, bigger fish like back onto the to the car projects uh yeah, there's this weird. It'd be nice to have all my car projects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We uh, yeah. I, a couple of months ago, I sat down with um with Gallup and Autosports, and I said, "Hey, we've got a shot at at getting the the Ford Lightning done and brought to the SEMA show." And they're like, "Let's sit down. Let's do it. Let's film it. Let's let's get it done." And uh, I just I went back to uh, to to the guys we're working with on developing the suspension is the big issue. We brought it up a few times, uh, but we have um, Fat Fender Garage. It's a great shop in Arizona. Working with Porterbilt on the rear suspension, and we're making a few custom things. I talked about with the JRI shocks to get that done. So there's a little bit of engineering that needs to happen with that, and then Epic Rod and Custom, and in Canada is making the front suspension a very, very cool piece. Uh, getting rid of the twin I-beams completely, going to the upper-lower control arms and a coilover and adjustability. And uh, we've adapted a, a Mustang, a Fox body Mustang, rack and pinion steering. We've got a brand-new unit from Flaming River, nothing rebuilt. Nice. And I got a call. This has actually been several weeks now. Weeks ago, I got a call from Epic saying, we're we're ready with the front suspension. It's on the jig. It's built. We just got to get this sway bar and these two bearings. Because if I get the two bearings, I can send it to you. We cannot find these goddamn things. And we contacted the manufacturer, and they're like, they won't ship till December 1st. 
<laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> that's out. We're we're talking about forty dollars worth of parts at this point for these yeah. for these bearings, and we 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 can't get them. We just we can't. Nobody else ha- makes. Call them. Leno. Call Leno. His guys will make them. I seriously, we probably could have made them at this point. Uh, 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 but that's just kind of where everything is. Uh, is just just delayed on getting all sorts of parts, all sorts of manufacturing. And, you know, you're completely at everyone's mercy because you can't bitch and moan and yell and scream because, you know, there's an issue with everybody. With everybody, yeah. And that's, that's the so, thing. And, and, it's, and, it, and if they have that issue or not, it's a good default. So, you, you, you know, you're always in the wrong by raising your you – you're at their mercy. Yeah. Point. So, I don't know. We're going to just have to find some other event to launch this truck at – uh, just to bring it out, but just because there's so much cool stuff on it, and a lot of people worked really hard to to get it out there. But you know, hey, look honestly, I, the the Mustang Mach One as well is getting a lot of, of parts being made. It's no secret; it's over at Anderson Composites Carbon Fiber Parts. But mm-hmm. uh, both the truck and the Mustang were supposed to be at SEMA. And then I felt terrible because I was like, it's not going to make it. The cars are going to make it. We can't get the parts. And it turns out the booths that the companies that they were going to go with, both are not going. So Yeah. See, I, I, I have to return a call from uh, from granddaddy Magnaflow. Yeah. Richard, and uh, it, it was inquiring about what we wanted to do at SEMA. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to the manufacturers that have backed out. Yeah. Well, um anyway, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm still excited to go to SEMA, but it's an interesting thing. But yeah, I'm also chomping at the bit like you are with your garage on getting some of these car projects car projects done. Yeah, but uh, reverting back to anything. SEMA, it might be nice also to be able to walk the halls without bumping into somebody front set yeah. front and, and rear and right and left every step that you take. Yeah. So. You know, we we might have a run of the land. We might be the only people in there. You know, again, we can't predict the timing of some of these parts that are coming in. But uh, my new goal, uh, if I can make it work, obviously, we're not not trying to beat anybody up. But I would like to see the truck. I'd like to see the lightning – if it's going to debut somewhere, I'd like it to debut at Bear Jackson in Scottsdale uh, in in January. Uh, end of January, I believe, is 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 the schedule. It's uh, it, a good idea. You know, we've got a place there. We've got family there. It's a huge event. Um, the the booth it was supposed to be in at SEMA or could have been at at SEMA. Those guys often have a booth at uh, Bear Jackson as well. So, Why don't you have your own booth and have it be the, the Bravago truck? I know. We should have the Bravago truck over there, and it certainly would make sense considering our friends at uh, at Barrett-Jackson. Uh, it's just everything that they've told me so far is uh, – because we launched – if you guys remember, we launched Bravago at Barrett-Jackson in Las Vegas. As they said, yes, we can work with you on every Barrett-Jackson event – but Scottsdale's well, a completely Scottsdale. different animal. It's, <laughs> it's like because you know what it is, is a lot of those deals for you know food and beverage and things like that. Those are done well in advance. People sign multi-year deals and exclusivities for certain things. So 
Uh, it's certainly an option. We're still talking about it now that the Barrett-Jackson-Houston event uh, went off. Uh, we have a little bit of time now to when they get back home, they get to take a breath and then we get to talk about uh, the events for next year, including Scottsdale. By the way, Barrett-Jackson, Houston, heard was a great event. Uh, I, I forgot what the dollar amount was. They did something like $37 million. I don't know if they had um, predictions on what the attendance would be. Uh but I understand the event was was a huge success. I didn't get a chance to go out there. I don't know if you got down there or not. Um, now, we'll check in with a friend like uh, Aaron Shelby. I, I know he was there. Um, I think Lingenfelter was there as well. We can always check in with them. Uh, but it seemed like a big event. The, uh, the flagship car <laughs> that went off was the Porsche 928. That was – Driven by Tom Cruise in the movie Risky Business, which unbelievable. It's one point nine eight million dollars for a nine twenty. I don't know what a nine twenty eight goes for eight thousand dollars these days. You I mean, get one for like yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just it's just not it's not that great of a car. But I don't know if that says something about nine twenty eights, or certainly says something about. Maybe Tom Cruise memorabilia, movie memorabilia. Well, it, it's it, it's both. Just a lot, a lot of one, and just a little bit of the other. Yeah, but well, the nine twenty eight nine twenty eight is an oddball car. I mean, it's not as oddball in the Porsche family as the nine fourteen is. But the nine twenty eight was one of the fastest freaking cars out there for a while. So, and, I think and one that, of the most expensive cars in its day when that car was out, one hundred percent, eighty thousand dollars, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was a cool car. It just wasn't terribly reliable and some electrical issues. And and you know, For aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're kind of interesting, but you know, we're knocking on the door of two million dollars for this car, which I think just blew everyone's mind. Obviously, it's getting it's a the lot generation, of man. Risky, yeah. You know, it's the generation. Uh, I uh, after we record this, I'm doing the show with uh, with Adam Carolla, and he's been busy. I haven't a chance to talk to him yet. But this is the conversation. I go, Adam. Tom Cruise's Porsche from the movie just sold for $2 million. In the other room, you have Tom Cruise's racing suit and helmet that's been hanging on the wall for years from when he raced with Paul Newman with Nissan back in there. And uh, Adam's been working on – or he's we, we have a friend, Troy Irmish, who's been working on the Tom Cruise 240SX race car. But it doesn't have the yes, but it, it doesn't have the pop of the risky business. It, it doesn't, but Four. but we always talk about the big brother car bringing up the little cars, right? So you know when oh, the go. Paul Newman watch sold for sixteen point eight million dollars, you know uh, what did that do to other Paul Newman cars, right? Certainly, right away somebody started calling us, going, "I've got a Newman car. I want five million dollars for it." I was like, "Yesterday that car was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars." Exactly. Right? So just just kind of look. This is the things that that any collector loves, right? Any collector, art, film, you know, any trophies, memorabilia, cars, uh, watches, like anything that is collectible. You want to see that one piece go for crazy money, right? You want that Basquiat painting to be 
eighty million dollars. So every other painting that he's done that you know somebody's acquired for seven hundred grand over the last few years is like great. Maybe I just doubled my money. <laughs> you know, maybe I tripled my money. So that's the goal. Uh, that that's kind of the goal. That's why the helmet and the racing suit's been hanging on the wall for people to come in and take a look and see, and then us going, uh, you know. What's it going to be someday? Look, <laughs> Leno's come in here and he's talked. He's been on the show and he's 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 told this story about getting his McLaren F1. And I forgot what year his car is, like a '95 or something. And and it was still a new car and it hadn't been sold, but it's already been like '96 at this point. So he's on the phone with McLaren and they're like, "This is the price. This is the sticker price. You pay for it." And he's like, yeah, why? It's old car now. It's already a year old. Doesn't the price go down? It's been sitting on the lot, technically, you know, quote, unquote. <laughs> and uh, and nobody's happier that the last one just sold for $20 million than Leno, right, who paid sticker for his. You know, uh, and I don't remember what it was, 800000 or 600000 or Let's something like change that. change the subject. I don't ever <laughs> want to talk about an F1 again. <laughs> Well, it certainly caught a lot of of attention. But uh, all right. So let me tell you guys about Good Guys. The Good Guys Rod and Custom Association is coming to Fort Worth, Texas. It's the 28th Summit Racing Lone Star Nationals. It's at the Texas Motor Speedway, September 24th through the 26th. They have over 2,000 classic cars and trucks on display with an autocross, a burnout competition, and a vintage dragster exhibition. There's a huge swap meet over there as well. Hundreds of cars for sale. Bring the whole family. There's live entertainment. There's a model and pedal car display. There's a whole kid zone that's free. Plus, they got NASCAR stock car ride along. So if you want to go around the track, these guys, you can hop in one of these cars. They'll give you a ride. Tickets are on sale right now at goodguys.com. It's good-guys.com. Uh, admission for uh, is free for kids six and under. But use promo code CARCAST. Get $5 off your spectator ticket. Check out the good guys events that's a fun one the guys at uh at ford recently announced an updated ford x expedition uh looks cool it's a mid-year kind of a mid-cycle refresh um uh, you know some updated sheet metal the lighting the big uh infotainment screen it's got the 12 inch screen now has an optional 15 inch screen that's taken out of the mustang mach e but uh, the interesting news is they did two special edition vehicles for this. They have the Stealth Edition Performance Pack, which is kind of a hot rod version, all kind of blacked out version of the Expedition. Gives it some pretty cool styling for the big giant three row. You know, if you're if you're looking for the massive SUV, it's pretty cool. Uh, all blacked out, red brake calipers, um, the, uh, the black uh, leather interior, red contrast stitching. Um, it's got a more uh, sport-tuned uh, suspension. Um, and they boosted the 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 uh, 3.5-liter V6 to 440 horsepower. I think nice. the previous generation vehicles were 375. Uh so this will get up to 440. So if you want a street sport version, they have this the Stealth Edition performance package. But if you're looking for something a little more off-road, they came out with their Timberland version, which is uh which is actually pretty cool as well. There's so many people like we talked about the you know, all uh, overlanding and off-roading and doing more and more of that uh, without going full Raptor. 
you want the big truck. Um, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's got an off-road suspension. It's got the larger tires, 33-inch tires. It's got 10.6 inches of ground clearance. It's got uh, all the unique badging and stuff to go along with it. They got some cool new colors as well. That uh, deep uh, cypress green leather is pretty cool. Uh, and the the Timberland version also has the 440 horsepower, 510 pound feet of torque uh, engine in it. Now I think the other versions of this, the the more street worthy versions of this uh won't have the 440 horsepower but we'll have all of the new stuff and then they pulled a little bit of a steve jobs apple uh uh thing at the end where you know steve very famously would do all of his events and at the end he was like oh yeah one more thing and then be like new iphone right so they did that they're like here's the expedition at the end they're like one more thing hit the video and they announced officially coming next year the Bronco Raptor. So they are going to have a Bronco Raptor. We've seen the spy photos and everything. I kind of like the idea of the warthog name that we were kicking around for a long time that was uh, to be used, but I think they're trying to build some brand equity in the Raptor name. So they Raptor eyes, Raptor eyes vehicle. So the Ford F-150 Raptor, um, the Ranger Raptor, which we don't have in the U.S., but other places they have a Bronco Raptor be cool. And then who knows where they go from there? I don't know. You know, we just we saw this Timberland version of of the Expedition because maybe it's not quite worthy of the Raptor name, but we could see Raptor versions of this. Uh, anyway, it it seems pretty cool. It seems pretty exciting. Um, there was a lot of uh, Twitter jokes going. Uh, you know, Raptor Bronco Raptor announced today, available in 2054. (laughs) Yeah, which is like (laughs) six months after the current Broncos. (laughs) So quite a few delays. By the way, we talked about SEMA show. You you'd be surprised. You're not going to be surprised. But how many companies that I talked to said one of the other motivations for them pulling out of the show was uh, the the Broncos that they ordered aren't going to be there in time. And even if they show up days before, they weren't able to develop the parts for it that they wanted to do. So many of these yeah, companies but that's, wanna, the, that's the hot topic. And so why attend? Just just can't just can't get it done. Just can't get you know, between the chip shortage and and everything else, they just uh weren't able to to get it done. But uh Anyway, before we wrap up, a word from our friends at Geico. Whether you own your home or you rent your home, we know it can be a lot of hard work. But, of course, you know it's easy. It's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. You know, uh, Lucid, right? The Lucid EV, this luxury EV sedan that we talked about. Uh, it's going to be super fast. It's big. I think they're out of Vegas. We see the advertisements in Vegas for it. Oh, already. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a badass. Vehicle. It looks remember kind of, you, yeah. I mean, the specs on it are kind of put two seven footers in the back seat. I remember that. That's it. Uh, well, you, you know, they had a couple of versions of the Lucid Air, you know, from different ranges and different performance. Uh, and it, it looks cool, but they submitted the car for their EPA testings, and the EPA uh, came back with the range of the fastest versions, I think, are going to be somewhere in the range of like 
450 miles on a charge. That's freaking awesome. And the long range version with the right wheels and tire package and everything is 520 max range. That's fantastic. I mean, and they've got it down. Like if you get it with the 19 inch rims, you can go 520 miles. You get it with the 21 inch rims between friction and everything else. It drops down to like 500. And then the fastest version with the most aggressive tires and the biggest wheels, it's like 450. But my God, I mean, these things range from like 800 horsepower to 1100. I think it's 1,111 horsepower. Uh, I'm excited to see this thing more in, in person, you know, hundred percent. We, we've uh, been raving about it ever since we saw, or I've been raving about it. I mean, you too, but ever since I saw that first, uh, rendering and then the, the YouTube commercial of it, it's, I, I think it's a, it's a brilliant idea. You know, they, they start, the Grand Touring version starts at 139,000. The dream version, which is the big one starts at 169. I'm I'm guessing you can hot rod this thing up with some options to to start knocking on the door of two hundred thousand. But I don't know. I mean, even with max performance, if if this thing goes as fast as it is, as roomy as it is, as nice as it seems to be, and can pull off four hundred and fifty miles in the most aggressive trim, that's impressive. They're going to be very successful. That's uh, that's impressive. I think people will definitely jump onto that. But anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna hit the ground running right now. We got a bunch of things to do, but uh, thanks, buddy. Thanks for uh, for the updates. We'll see you next week. Until uh, until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Carcast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarcastShow.com, and don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. RockAuto.com. Why spend 30 to 50%, even 100% more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to RockAuto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you an amazing selection Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com.